Hello everyone and welcome back to Straight White Whale. This is our podcast. My name's Darren Connell, joined by Paul Shields. And this is episode 50. Is that it? Episode 50, mate. Wow. That is Fucking crazy. Hell. We are sponsored by Michael Burns at Lamb Solutions Limited. Michael Burns is a good friend of mine. He's a jack of all trades, multi-skilled, multi-trade good guy. He does numerous things if you need some work in your house, such as your kitchen fitted, um, bathroom work, plumbing work. He does pipe work outside if you've got any drainage problems. Problems, And he's also, see, because it's this type of year now that the weathers get really bad, he cleans your gutters and he also washes your windows. So Michael actually told me that he's getting some extra work in. I don't know if this is because of the podcast. I don't know if it's just because he's good at his job. But see if you need a tradesman for your gaff. Tell him that you listen to this podcast. If you tell him that you listen to this podcast, he will give you a free estimate or he'll give you a discount. Trust me. He's my pal. We went to school with each other. I used to take Ekkies with him. I'd die. <laughs> <laughs> I'd die. I'd die for the cunt. See anybody that you've took Ekkies with, mm-hmm. I'd trust them with my life. So that's Michael. I really hope he's Mosno listening to this. Michael Burns at Lamb Solutions Limited. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, can you do us a favour? Can you chuck us a five-star review on apple podcasts or spotify someday dugney gave us a five-star review the other day and we're doing it 4.9 on spotify now all joking aside if i find out who that is i'm gonna get right in about your arse uh well i'll tell you what the good thing is i had a podcaster in here recording the other day and they said if i have over a hundred reviews on Spotify, that makes me legit because all the big podcasts have got over a hundred reviews on Spotify. So that's my goal. And we're at 136. So in his mind, which is probably fucked up because he's a fucking dafty, kidding on. But in his <laughs> mind, we are one of the big podcasts. Yeah, that's cool. That's classy. Yeah, we're doing but all right. I'll eat the babies of the person that gave us a 4.5. I will eat your fucking baby. On Patreon, by the way, for £5 a month, <laughs> I will eat your fucking baby. Um, aye, crazy. Uh, also, want, uh, as always, I need to give a shout out to Back On Side. Back On Side are a mental health charity based in Scotland. Um, they've helped me. They are there for people that are struggling with their mental health, mostly athletes that uh, don't recover from injuries or they can't really get a professional contract. So, you know... You can get to your 34 years old, you're a professional football player your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Back on side are there to help them. They've helped me. I've been doing therapy with them for about six months, and fuck knows why they thought I was an athlete, but uh, I would say back on side have saved my life. I don't want to get too personal. I mean, Paul as well, but I don't want to get too personal, but they've held me accountable therapy has been unbelievable it's really really intense and hard and uh but it's been beneficial i would actually compare it to purging similar to like ayahuasca purging really really brutal uncomfortable but when you get at the other end it's beneficial mate yeah it feels like anytime i do therapy i feel like i've got the cold after it but it's only gave me only bit like good things in my yeah, life. Yeah, I, I I need to hear that sometimes because she's a therapist. Like I want to see results because yeah. how much I care about people. And the mode that I use is CBT, and I'm sure what back on side or gain use like person centered counselling, which I do as well. Mm-hmm. But I need to realise that that's enough for some people. So like just getting somebody to sit down and talk and figure out why they feel the way that they feel sometimes that's enough you don't need to go in and do all this work and yeah. you know what i mean like i need to remind myself of that sometimes yeah because you're in therapist mode and it's your daily life whether like outside therapy could be quite strange to other people uh-huh that's it and i know what i did to sort my mental health 
mm-hmm. and it required daily work. So when I see people that don't do that, I've got the worry that am I fraud? Like, am I really helping these people? But hearing people, and I hear it every day, saying just having somebody to come and talk to has been enough for me, actually. Yeah. They don't want to sit down every day and do journals and, and figure out why, you know what I mean? Like, the sort of emotions and... Well, one thing I have noticed about myself is that as a stand-up comedian, I won't get into too much and be too personal, but as a stand-up comedian, I'm sure there's a term for this. I would always make myself the brunt of the joke. Self-deprecating? Yeah. Fat bastard, never getting a girlfriend, you'll die alone, mm. you're tweeting shit, why am I so lonely? Ha <laughs> ha. And then it becomes your actual thoughts. Uh-huh. So what I've found out recently is if I do say that, I don't believe it anymore, but I've also stopped saying it. Yes, um, this comes back to a sort of theory. Now, a lot of stuff with mental health is theoretical because that's all that we've got. There's no way of going, there's your thoughts, there it is in your brain, and look, it's grey, so it's a bad thought or anything like that. Yeah. But the theory goes that your imagination, and this is why porn is really damaging to like the psychology of humans but predominantly male because it's predominantly men that use it your imagination does not know the difference no sorry your subconscious mind which is your beliefs um your what you believe about yourself some of the the most uncomfortable sort of ideas about the world go into the sort of subconscious and sort of drive your behavior Uh that does not know the difference between the imagination and reality because we imagine things in total technicolor and we see that's why you wake up for a dream and you feel the emotions that were supposed to be felt in the dream because your psyche doesn't know that that wasn't real and as soon as you realize it isn't real the emotions start to come down so when you stand on stage and you make a joke about yourself there's a part of your subconscious mind that will believe that and like you said neurolinguistics is called the more that you repeat that to yourself the more you will believe that and the more it will become your reality that's why changing your thoughts to things that are more positive if you can do that for a long period of time it starts to have this sort of uplifting effect because your um your imagination and your subconscious and takes all that in so if you wake up every day and you go i'm really happy to be alive yeah because i've got my podcast i've got my stand-up and you know look how my life's changed for the last two years since covid when everything sort of shit hit the fan like i've got a lot to be grateful for that's why that is so like impactful on people is because you're basically getting yourself positive reinforcement about your life so i i would be careful about that Um, yeah and it's it's also like i think i don't know about you right but i used to sit and uh, and think back about people that had said stuff to me and i would imagine punching fuck at them and I would imagine, what would I say back? I should have said this. And you feel good when you do that. And that's the same reason because your unconscious mind is like, I did that. Yeah. And then you, the danger of that though is, is that you're setting an expectation in your mind that whenever somebody else in the future disrespects you, you're going to do that same thing. And when you don't, you'll be like, I'm a coward, I'm a loser, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So be careful with like the things that you imagine. You are what you eat and you are what you think yep that is very true but you're not your thoughts yes i have noticed a big change thank you for explaining that to me by the the buddha (laughs) that was that was the buddha like you're not your thoughts and your thoughts are automatic and they'll come up but they're really just there to be a guide and then to be ignored because what one thing i have noticed i don't want to get too personal here but see when you've got somebody in your life that's not here anymore have passed away mm-hmm. and you miss them mm-hmm. i've noticed a change i've noticed you can still grieve but the change in my brain has been a gratitude that they they were in my life yeah so instead of thinking well why me why does that happen to me i lose people that i love i thought i had that person in my life for like 18 years yeah and i'm grateful that that happened yeah so that's kind of set me up for the fear of like maybe losing my mum yeah and stuff i'm like no i'm grateful that i've had my mum 
that's a gift alone. Yeah, mate. I like. I love what you're saying. It's like I say to people with their grieving that the pain that you're feeling and the weight and the amount that you miss that person is a measure of the love that you felt within that relationship. Yeah. And there is no love without pain. They come hand in hand. So that's why people don't get close to people because it's like this. I can't deal with that. But when you learn how to deal with it, yeah, um, it can be very powerful for you to bring your guard down and let people in to care about you. Um, also, there's a load of other stuff that you can do. Like, I used to sit and think, I need my dad. Like, coming into my mid-20s, my dad died when I was 21. So coming into my mid-20s, starting to get a bit lost in life um, and used to sit and think, I need him. Like, why do I not have him right now? This is shite. And there's a way that you can channel their voice. Like, you can, you can look at the problem and you can sit and you can meditate. And basically what I mean by meditate is you can just sit and try and calmly breathe, close your eyes and go, what would they say? I know exactly what my dad would say. I can channel his voice in my head. So I know the advice that he would give me. So he gave me that while he was alive and he's not here anymore. So all that I can really do is channel that voice to give the advice that he would give me. Mm-hmm. And then even then, I don't need to take that. There's a load of stuff in my life that I know that my dad would be like, just fucking go on with it. And I'm like, well, I'm not willing, you know, like his advice would probably be quite shite. Yeah. But you don't think like that when you're that in that grieving mode of like, oh, poor me. I don't have him and I should have him here. And it was so young that I lost him and blah, blah, blah. And it's like channel the voice, be like, oh, that's right. I don't have him and, and I have missed out on some of the stuff that I, I could have had like a wee bit later on. But ultimately I had him for 21 years of my life and there's people out there that don't have anything like that yeah any father figure to guide them and they struggle and you know what i mean so there's loads of stuff that you can actually do about that like grief and grieving yeah um i take some mushrooms and go and visit them hi don't go to peru that's a bit much just take <laughs> mushrooms up in the camps if you somewhere. do go to peru don't have a wank <laughs> <laughs> when they tell you not to wank but that's quite a nice wee start to the podcast right. i think what's triggered this well obviously i like to talk about the samaritans as well the samaritans is a free service give them a call you've got alcoholics anonymous narcotics anonymous gambling anonymous there's nhs 24 all these services that are here and they're free to help you and the reason why sometimes i'm like why are we talking about the samaritans why are we talking about AA? i'm not going to name the person and i won't describe the message because it's very personal but we got a message the other day on the Patreon and it fucking blew me away. Actually. Blew me away as well, mate. I Like it stopped me in my tracks and I thought, wow. Like, so you know who you are. Me and Paul just want to thank you for that. And it was very, I don't even really know what to say, mate. It just, it was kind of very touching. And it's amazing that when we're talking about these numbers that maybe somebody's phoned a number. Mm-hmm. and they've got help or even just sitting listening to well i speak for myself a muppet Aye, two, muppets. <laughs> two muppets in glasgow um like you would come in here like that's a real motivator for me mate like coming here sometimes you're just sort of thinking like is this like basically like me having like is it i hate this term but being like masturbatory like self-satisfying like sitting talking on mic and being like i know what i'm talking about and blah 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 then you get messages like that and we've had a few like that for this podcast that you're like fuck man there is a reason why we do this you know what i mean and we've built a community mate like patreon's been open for like two weeks nearly get 30 people in there that are putting their hard-earned money towards sustaining this podcast so it's just it's actually wild to me like i was sitting with sean um earlier on the day or no yesterday when i was posting the tiktok video and she was like shows that and she was like you've made how much and then she was just i was like the money doesn't uh, whatever get a number in our mind to keep this going like to make this so that we break even basically but i was like that money doesn't really matter what matters to me is like the names of the people yes that have decided that something that you decided today to help through a tough time that I helped with and then became party has actually like fucking having 
a positive impact on people, mate. Yeah. And it gives you a reason to get up and go and fucking do it, man. And it makes me want to do more. When you sent me that message, I don't know if this is related. I literally had like three or four ideas for shit that we could do in the Patreon. And I think when you get that, it motivates you. Yeah. Whether or no you're aware of it or no, you know. It does motivate you because it made me think this is part of my life now. This is this is us. This is no, oh, I'm starting a podcast. This is a show and it's real and we've got weekly listeners. And it also... You alright, mate? Aye. Oh, mate. Why the fuck am I nearly greeting that? Well, mate, the, <sighs> I think considering the message we go and what we're talking about and even what was going on in this room before you came in and when you came in, like, I think it... it <clears throat> mate, it's, it's emotional, mate. Yeah. So just let it out, man. <clears throat> Fucking hell, man. I wasn't expecting that, mate. It's just gave me the the energy because sometimes I think as a man you're like therapy can be a wee bit embarrassing mm -hmm. to get that message it gave me such a power charge to think I'm fucking so grateful that I'm doing therapy and I like you said I started off this fucked and then you think back to the last year to think how my life has changed to like no having a house mm -hmm. to just to sorting it out so it's a it's a gratitude that's i'm not even sad it's no sad crying it's like proud happiness Aye, mate. <sighs> fucking hell mate good good man because you should be proud mate you should be proud i don't I, most of the and i mean this like most of these people in this patreon has come after you well, I know I'm, I, I, I have a big part to play in this and I do the production and I'm a voice on the podcast and, but you're, you're the one that's got the platform that reaches people and aye man, like I think you, you, you should be proud of yourself mate, really fucking proud of yourself Thank because you, the guy that walked in this room 50 episodes ago is no the guy that's sitting in front of me, you know what I mean, like I think the, the first couple of episodes I was thinking this isn't going to work, Yeah, you know what I mean, like it's just no, that was I, I don't think I was actually thinking that, but looking back, I'm thinking it was it felt like a bit of a struggle yeah. for, for you and for me. And then it's like flourished into something quite natural. Yeah. And I think people can see that. And what we're doing is really genuine as well. And I think people can see that as well. And people appreciate that. You know? That is true, mate. And I hope you know how grateful I am to you. I mean, I've said it on stage like a cuck. <laughs> I just exposed my soul to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there with a pint like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I am the cuck lord of the stand. So, um, fucking hell, that was a really open and intense introduction to a podcast that essentially I'm just going to start talking about my arsehole now. Uh, how's your week been, mate? Um, it's been... How has my fucking week been? I don't even know, man. It was pure blink and I miss it. Um, we were in here, what, a week ago the day, and because I took that, that was the only thing I did on that Wednesday was this and the thing that the sheriff show that we did after it, but um, I took the Monday, Tuesday, and the majority of the Wednesday off for my birthday, and so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I took Monday off Tuesday, in the day, mate, my calendar's just busting at the fucking seams. So yeah, um, good, but nothing. You know what I mean? Other than Sunday, which was a lot of fucking fun. A lot of fun. Me and Paul went down to the Stand Comedy Club in Glasgow with a film crew, and we filmed a live ghost hunt with David and Avon from the Glasgow Ghost Hunters. David and Avon, lovely people, by the way good laugh and all they were able to kind of poke fun at themselves and mm. i never actually realized how fun it would be but it opened my eyes mate i, I kind of did think oh this is a lot of shite and then see when i mean we can t tell them what we've done and then we can show the content on patreon uh what for, I'll, I'll go first and then you aye, aye. right so when David was standing there, he explained when you go through something like that, you can feel sick, 
or really warm or really cold. We then went b- backstage in the Stan Comedy Club and me and Paul were standing together. We were doing this live kind of seance, science, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. And I just had this unbelievable urge to be sick and I just could not st- stop like dry heaving. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that was real because I wouldn't lie about that. And I it, just at certain points I was ice cold, really warm. But when David was like, you do feel sick when you do this. And literally two minutes later, you were like patting my back. Like, mm-hmm. are you fucking all right, mate? Uh, so that freaked me out. Aye. That was, because I was kind of stand, I was standing like that in my head. This is a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of shit. This is circus tricks. And then I was like, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Maybe that's why the yeah. fucking were like, oh, well, you're about to get taught a lesson and, and skepticism. Yeah. Um, I found it really, um, I, I, I mean, like, you, there was a load of stuff that you're just sort of like, I can't explain that and nothing, but to manage expectations, nothing wild happened. It was all like, I was saying this to, to Sean, it was all very subtle, but the subtlety of it all added to how creepy it was. If it was like stuff flying about, you would just be like, whoa, what the fuck, you know, but how subtle it was, motion sensors going off and shit and you're like, yeah. there's nobody there, like, and how the fuck did that, you know, torches lighting up that only switched on. You know, you could be like, oh, well, they're all rigged and blah, blah, blah. I was checking the fuckers out, man. When, when they were just, they torches were sitting and they were lighting up and then they were going off and then they were walking away. I was picking up and like, right, what's going on with us? And it was just a click on, click off fucking mag light, mate. Yeah. There was nothing to it. And the fucking things were lighting up while they were only switched on. Yeah. So oh, the creepy. thing that we, we, me and Paul did something together, um, we stood on the stage at the stand and it was called the pendulum. So Paul had his eyes closed. You'll see this in Patreon anyway. I had my eyes closed and David and Yvonne asks it, que- asks it questions and you sway back for no and you sway forward for yes. Supposedly we were swaying it at the exact same time for each of the questions. Mm. I actually felt like that was a strange experience for me. I felt like I had an outer body weird experience, mate. I actually felt like I fell asleep standing up. Mm-hmm. It was such a weird, calming, just strange feeling. And then when we stopped it, I was almost sparkled after it. Like I felt stoned, really tired, mm-hmm. drained. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I mean, that felt like meditation to me. That fe- that feels like the state that you get into when you're meditating properly. Yeah. That sort of floaty, like you're saying, outer body experience. I think the thing that, because I wasn't supposed to be, I wasn't supposed to be swaying and I couldn't stop it, mate. I was like, in my head, stop doing this. You're doing this. Like to myself, like going, you, you're causing this swaying. You're mm-hmm. copying down. So I shut my eyes and then they were like, nah, you're still going the same way. And then, she asked a question and I said to myself, I'm not going to move and I couldn't fucking stop it. I tried to fight against it and it kind of just pushed me hard on and I nearly like stumbled at that yeah. point. And then, mate, I got a... I felt at, at a point when we were doing the human pendulum that somebody stabbed my horn with a knife. It, the pain was like, what the fuck was that? And then, aye, man, so creepy. Yeah. Um, aye. I felt like somebody touched my back and as soon as I'd done that, the guy... The guy was like, did you feel somebody touch you there? And I was like, yeah. So then we done the Ouija board and that was pretty spooky. Uh, I mean, at certain points, my hands were sore and I, I was even moving my hand away from the, the thing and no touching it. And it was still moving. So I've went in there with an open mind. It's educated me. And I think we'll probably get David and Yvonne on as guests mm-hmm. to chat to them. Absolutely, mate. Um, so the plan, we were just talking about it before we come on, Mike, is I'll pull each of the three things that we did. So we did the sort of, say, well, we did the grounding in the seance. That'll be like one release. Then we did the human pendulum on the stage. That'll be another release. And then we did the Ouija board. That'll be another release. And we'll release 
as much of the full thing as we can to Patreon. If if I find that there's like bits where it's just kind of boring, I'll cut it out or I'll speed it up. But then we'll do one, and, and we're going to come in and we're going to talk over the topic. We're going to watch them and do like wee mini podcasts around them. So there's a load of content coming for the Patreon subscribers around this. But then we'll maybe do one where we cut it together and we do a fifteen minute version for people. Hopefully they want to come and see what actually went on. Yeah. Um, so pay, the Patreon subscribers are going to get a lot of like creepy content yes. in the next few weeks. Plus we've been just doing daily posts anyway. I just posted there. Um, I'm trying to see. Plus this is when I feel fucking old, by the way. She's still trying to use this app and figure How out. How do you it. use this Patreon thing? Which is fucking... Stephen Taylor is a new guy. Chris Hutchinson. Michael McCormick. Darius Scroge. Um, Jazz. That's like Prince. Jazz. Yeah. She's just like Prince. She's got one name. Jazz. Hi. Sean Black. Vinnie Rooney. Um, I see you avoiding that name. Is that because you can't say that? Chris Gahill? No, no. The one, be- the one between Darius and Sean. That's what I said. Jazz. She's- no, no. Erskine. Right. Oh, no. I'm, I'm missing one. All right. Oh, uh, aye. Erskine. Erskine. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Rooney, Paula yep. Donald, Chris Scahill, Shaw Rooney. We've all said them anyway, but look. Oh, have we? Did Ryan Haymarch and Mark Morwards? I don't remember saying their name, but thank you very much to Kerry McWinch. Mm-hmm. That isn't how you say it, it's McWitch. McWitch. <laughs> I said it wrong for letting me know that I said it right last week, and then I just fucking said it wrong, so. Hi. <laughs> <I> fucked. <laughs> so I thank you very, very much to the team signing up. You're the reason why the podcast is still going. It means a lot. Uh, what else has been happening? We are coming to the end of the tour, mate. Uh, next Friday, I've got Edinburgh, and then the weekend after that is the Orinmore. How fucking mental is that? I know, mate. Do you know I'm nearly sold at the Orinmore? Really? Aye. There's about 50 tickets left. And what's capacity? 280. That's that's fucking brilliant, mate. Yeah. Do you know there's been no socials with We only put a couple of posters up like three weeks ago, mate, in the right. venue. Everything's been done through my social media and this podcast. So if he's up buying a ticket... It means a lot. I want to thank you. Are we still recording? What? Are we still recording? Yeah. If you want to record me. Aye, of course. We'll record the set and we'll put that out to the Patreon first. Aye. As always. Aye. I never even thought of that, actually. It's in my diary. I think you asked me to do it. No, for the for the oh, people. For, aye, we'll aye. put it out to them first and let them see the stand-up first. Yeah. Aye. I think I've said this in the podcast, but next year I'm going to film... Normally comedians are going to... They do tours and they do like solo shows and they'll do the fringe. Next year, my goal is to film my special. See this, what you're filming? Mm-hmm. That will be to send to agents and for the patron. But see, next year, I'm going to get a good venue. I'm going to get a couple of nights, maybe two ni- two dates, two shows in the one night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to film a, a stand-up comedy special as, as professional and as good as I can make it, and I'm going to do every single joke that I've ever done, and then I'm just going to walk away with it and start fresh. Amazing. Blank canvas. If I want to put it up on YouTube or try and sell it to somebody, whatever, but that's what I'm walking away with it. Uh, It can only make me a better stand-up comedian, and I feel like I just want to let it go, and... You know, for all the years that I've done it, I've never had anything up online. So it'd be nice to get stuff up online and whoever wants to watch it, they can watch it. Absolutely, mate. So there we go. I forgot to mention the sponsor, by the way, because I was fucking bubbling. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if I started bubbling while I was reading Lamp Solutions Limited or sponsoring the fucking... I'll, I'll take last week's sponsor read and i'll fire it on this week i don't need to do it you don't need to do it 
Well, Michael Burns, thank you very much. He's also a Patreon. Aye, man. Not only sponsoring his business, but giving up his hard-earned readies through fucking Patreon. Yes. He's brilliant. Lamb Solutions Limited. So Paul will do his editing work there and he'll get it sorted at the the start of the podcast. As, so, so would you say that you're a believer now since Sunday? Has it changed how you feel about the spirit realm and spirituality and ghosts? I, I'll be honest with you, I wanted something, I think the both ears are the same, like you want something instant. So see when you go and you look for a UFO, mm -hmm. you want to get fucking abducted. You don't want to just see it. <laughs> when you see a ghost, you want to see a ghost take your fucking soul at your body. Aye. It's never, there's no in between. So when I went in there, I'll be honest with you, like I've spoke about uncle, my uncle Jerry quite a lot and things like your dad and all that. Mm -hmm. So see when we were doing the Ouija board, I wanted something like that to happen. Right. Like to talk to my uncle or somebody, somebody else that I love. So I was a wee bit disappointed with that, but that's me expecting too much as well. For what I've seen of the Ouija board, I've seen enough to think, yeah. There's something there. I mean, the wee kind of triangle thing. I mean, at certain points, it was nearly flying off the fucking board, mate. Aye, mate. And I was looking at everybody's horns. Nobody was putting pressure on it. Nobody, you'd be able to see if people were pushing that fucking yeah. thing. And it didn't actually even... This is a weird thing to say. It didn't feel like anybody was pushing it. It felt like it was floating about. Like, mm -hmm. nothing putting pressure on it to move it. Or whatever like that. I would... I summed it up. Somebody was asking me about it. And they were like, has this changed? I was like, well, it's... It's made me think this, mm -hmm. right? Either everything that we did on Sunday was rigged or it's real. There's no in between where because what we witnessed was sort of freaky and creepy and all that. So either the torches and the Ouija board and everything is all rigged or aye, spirits and stuff like that are real. Yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to believe. That sort of, you know, that spirits are real and that mm. ghosts are real and stuff like that. But there's also a part of me that doesn't want to believe that. Yeah. So I, it's made me think. Put it that way. Yes, yeah, I'm leaning towards it being real. Mm -hmm. It's like the X Files. I want to believe. Glasgow X Files. The G files. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you would like to talk about? I've got a list of subjects here, but I thought I would just ask you. Um, let's bang on with what you've got. Let's have a look. Right, so Letterbox, the free app that you watch films with, and you can track. What's it called again? Sorry, it is called. Uh, it's called Letterbox. Aye, isn't it? Letterbox, Aye. fucking amazing app. It's made me realise that I think I'm on the spectrum. Because it gave me flashbacks to my childhood. Do you know I used to just sit and read the phone book when I was away? Like flat out read it and enjoy it. <laughs> and enjoy <laughs> and That's I, a good read. <laughs> and I also, it made me think about when I was in primary school. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> and Bring enjoy back it. the phone book. And enjoy it. So like, see every year while somebody was like, I used to get the Celtic annual mm -hmm. at Christmas every year. Was it like Christmas morning when that fucking BT phone book came through the letterbox? Yeah. I used wrapped, to in, sit, wrapped in plastic. Sit and read it and go through it all and just enjoy it. <laughs> also <laughs> made me think of what they things called. It's like timers that have got sand in it. And you can turn... timer? Is that what they are? I remember you... glass. Well, you know how you get the old school ones? Uh, the Everglasses. Everglass. Uh -huh. I used to sit and watch that in my primary school class as well. And I I remember my teacher being thing, saying things like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I find it peaceful. Just sitting watching the sand go through. It's called, I would, I mean, for the, like the Everglass, that sounds like single point of focus. You ever heard people say, light a candle and just, if you're feeling stressed, light a candle and just sit and stare at the flame and right. just observe the flame because fire's actually really random at disney you know we think it's just like a wee sort of flame but yeah. when you actually sit and look at it it'll like pop about and it's really interesting so maybe you'll get that for the watching yeah. the sand go through it is peaceful and obviously it's back in the 90s when teachers are like what the fuck's wrong with you aye 
when I Cunt's was... get magic in his fucking nut. <laughs> <laughs> You've got dust between your ears. I had, um, in primary one, like, we spoke a lot about my dad. One of the things that my dad used to say was, like, don't listen to people. Like, see, when, see if you, like, stuff like, if you're hungry, like, ask for food. Do you know, like, that type of thing. Like, don't be shy. Like, and if people are like, no, you don't feel like that. He's like, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about you. So this has got a point. Um, my primary one teacher that was called Mrs. Carroll, I was friends with her, her son as well. Um, she told me I wasn't allowed to go to the toilet and I just stood up, went up the back of the class, had a push in the corner. Amazing, mate. Amazing. Fucking good on you. And what did she do? Oh, I get fucking sent him for school and all that. Get into trouble, sent down to the headmistress. My mom got phoned and I got sent him for school because I just literally went up to the back where all the plants and remember the mad mat that had like a road on it? Aye. One of them just had a push on it because I needed to push. I've never understood that with teachers and I don't think they're like that anymore, but that really grinds my fucking gears. Like when they used to force you to eat and they used to no make you go to the toilet. I always remember that during the lunch when you never finished what was the food that was there they're like you're not going back to class until you finish it uh -huh. and it, like i remember sometimes eating and like gagging and see now if somebody done that to me they'd get fucking scudded with the plate if they did it to my wayne aye you'd fucking leather them aye, Mate, exactly. i get corrected like i was left-handed and when i went into primary one i get forced to write with my right hand. and when i was doing therapy it was so funny like yeah i was like i, I just I don't know why, I just said it. I was like, oh, I get corrected. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I was left-sided, left-footed, left-handed. So was my dad. And I get forced to write with my right horn in primary school. She went, what What do you think that you took away for that? And I was like, oh, something wrong with me. And she was like, oh, it's interesting. And then I'm like, that is interesting. Went through my full life thinking that there's something wrong, just something inherently wrong with me. But... There's nothing wrong with writing with your left hand. It's no. weird that they forced me to write with my right hand. If anything, it's weird with there's something wrong with the teachers. Well, you say that. I <laughs> know me, but you're right, mate. It's fucking something wrong with them. Fucking creepy bastards. Uh your child abuse used to happen in fucking classrooms, mate, no even that long ago. I mean, I went to, I went to primary school in what, ninety? Something like that. Eighty nine, yeah. Oh, mate, I think back to... I never get hit by a teacher, but I think back and... I had a traumatic time in primary school. Like, just... Primary school was weird, man. They wanted everybody's fucked. Do you know I get suspended, right? So what are you in primary three? Seven? I went to school when I was four. I started school when I was four, which I think they don't let you do anymore. I think they would make you wait until you're five. That fucking makes a difference to that year. But I, went, I started school when I was four. Had to take an aptitude test to get into school, which I remember. Basically, like, building blocks. Like, put all the blue building blocks with the other blue building blocks. Like, wasn't they fucking... They weren't asking you E equals MC squared or anything. Fucking nursery. But did an aptitude test, went to school a year early. And I got suspended in primary three. So I was seven, right? And I get suspended because... I had a I had a packet of Tic Tacs and a Tic Tac get jammed and like the, now the wee lid pops up. The the lid was like jammed and I remember being like, what the fuck it now like try to get it? And I <laughs> squeezed it and it popped open and a Tic Tac flew and hit a teacher on the back of the head and I got suspended for a week for that. Get screamed at about how I had flicked it and tried to that could have took her eye out. And honestly, mate, all I did was fucking open a packet of Tic Tacs, squeeze it open. That's brutal. It's pure traumatising as fuck, isn't it? You yeah. think about it? Screaming like that. Screaming like that until Wayne's fucking what face. What trauma memory I just had there. I've not thought about that in fucking <laughs> years. Mate. Like your eyes glazed over, man. Paul's having a flashback. <laughs> nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fucking stop taking Tic Tacs out like that. <laughs> Firing them out to people. Oh, mate. But you're right, man. It's like, and this goes for parents as well, I suppose. Like, you why do we scream at children? Like, why the fuck does, does anybody, and it still happens to this day, that you grab them? But you know, the amount of times that I would get grabbed by the scruff of the neck by my dad, my mom, a grandparent, even a fucking teacher, and like screamed right in your face. Why do we do that to people? 
that is brutal, isn't it? I won't name the family members, but I've seen that with like old school family members, like grandparents mm -hmm. and stuff. I've seen them acting like that to nephews and all that stuff. And somebody was like that. They're cheeky wee bastards or this and that. And I just said, I don't really have mental breakdowns when it comes to talking to kids. And they just kind of, you could see their face. I just embarrassed them. Like, see, if you're like that acting with a child, then you've got severe fucking issues, man. It's a win. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to shit them pa their pants. They're supposed to fucking be loud and fly about. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Aye, mate. I think a lot of this, I mean, obviously we're sitting here in our ivory tower and a lot of this is coming with... Aye, because we've not got wings. <laughs> well, one, we don't have wings, aye, of course, but modern psychology is like, in the last 10, 15 years is, in comparison to the 10, 15 years before that, is like light years. We've went through all these changes like, oh, fuck, screaming at your children does not, you know, does not makes them the victim. And then they go... And they, they get, well, that's how I control people is through that. So then when they go into the playground, they become bullies and, and all this sort of stuff. But we only get that. We've only had that very recently. Like, my mom and dad did not have a fucking clue about behavioral psychology or adverse childhood experiences. I don't yeah. blame them. Um, But it's just fried to think that that's... And, and that people, I suppose the people that are doing it now... They've got all that information and they can't regulate their own emotions enough to sit down and talk to their children. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's seen as molly coddling to be like, talk to the child yeah. while they're developing. Don't traumatize them into doing what you think they should be doing yeah. at any sort of moment in time. It's mad, isn't it, how you don't forget these things. I remember some family members with me. I, I have early memories of just remembering them being like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, what? I'm eating a fucking ice pole watching cartoons, mate. And they're like that. <laughs> fucking screwing up. I, I, <laughs> Finger in the face. You fucking crackpot. <laughs> you're like, you're three. <laughs> I, I'm watching Blue Peter. <laughs> um, uh, what, but the one that my, this is what I think, but I mean, I'm like, fuck man, it, it, it's, definitely determined a lot in my life but the one that, that really echoes in my head was my dad would say to me and think about this mate i was getting told this for like four or five year old don't open your mouth because people think you're a fucking idiot yeah. you know what i mean don't just open your mouth and let your belly rumble think before you fucking speak and then you're just like an adult sitting there in the pub with your best mates pure I don't know what to say. Make sure I say the right things because if I don't, people are going to think I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. And it's like, I, total insecurity for my dad just projected onto me as a wee boy. You know yeah. what I mean? But everything's a double-edged sword, mate. That has meant that I've read a load of books and I want to be intelligent and all these sorts of things. So it has had a positive thing in yeah. my life, but at a sort of emotional deficit of feeling not worthy or feeling like, you know, I, like that sort of language of like people think you're a fucking idiot if you open your mouth and let your belly rumble is almost like letting you think that every word that comes out of your mouth is important. Yes. And that people will judge everything that you say and everything that you do and be very careful. So it just causes anxiety and yeah. makes you be like, oh, what's the scary monster? Other people's judgments. Who gives a fuck what other people think about you? Really? Like, I know. Especially when you're sitting in the pub with your mates, you're supposed to talk shit and have a laugh. And be an and idiot. Aye. Aye. And talk and, and be like, eh, be, make a fool of yourself. Yes. You know? So the lesson from that is we learn from their mistakes so we don't make them. Cut to 15 years down the line when I've got wains. Have you seen Shutter Island? Uh-huh. See the bit in the pond with the two wains in the pond? Uh-huh. That's me in 15 years because they never finished their fucking totties for their dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say I'm going to drown my wains? I'm so sorry, man. You just That's... outed yourself as a child abuse. Not, not in the paedophile, but in... I'm glad you... Hey, child murderer. <laughs> okay. No okay. child abuser. Okay, yeah. Aye, Clear murderer. that up. Okay. Why did you kill your wains? Because <laughs> eh, they never ate their fucking toys. Back in the day, the police would have been like, ah, no bother, mate, <laughs> no bother. What, what goes on behind closed doors is your business, Mr. Shields. <laughs> <laughs> Look, his wain never finished a toy. 
he drowned it in the fucking Berwick Ocean. Letterbox. <laughs> so Letterbox. Aye. aye. <laughs> 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 oh, well, get, we um, did you recommend Stephen King's the the movie about the motor? Yes. What was it called? Carrie. Mate, no, no, no Carrie. Uh, Christine. What a movie, mate. Yes. What a fucking movie. We, I was trying to figure out who recommended it to me. Incredible. When did you watch it? But two weeks ago. I think I watched it on Halloween. I think Amazing, I actually watched it on mate. Halloween. Amazing. Um, great movie, but it's triggered this. 90s B, 80s and 90s B movie marathon that has led us down because Sharon was born in 93, so she's like 10 years younger than me, humble brag. Um, <laughs> and um, but she's got that thing that I've got with certain movies that they're too old for you to get into them. Uh -huh. You know, you kind of get past how shit the production is, so you don't really enjoy like what's there to be enjoyed about the movie. But mate, we've been enjoying like fucking Commando. Tango and Cash, uh, Big Trouble, Little China. These are all movies Belters, that she would never, ever dream of watching. But because she's a pure horror slut, and we watched that, is it Caroline? Did you say that? Christine? Christine. Because we watched that Christine, and she was like, I really enjoyed the fact that that was super shite in, in a way. I was like, well, here we go. Like, yeah. my 40 shite movies. It so was good, wasn't it? We'd, oh, we watched Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 3. So yes. that was the next one we watched. And then, like I said, both into, and I was like, what about not horror? What action shite movies? So we watched Commando, which, I mean, is one of Arnie's greatest Amazing. pieces of art that he's done. I actually watched uh, last night. I thought, fuck it, I'm... I just was in the mood for an old school film and I watched Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy. The first one? The first one. Do you know, I've seen that film many times, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously as a child, not as an adult. Mm -hmm. I watched that last night and I barely remember any of it. The only bit I remember is him sticking the banana in the tailpipe. But the story, the baddies, can't remember any right, of it. let me try. Let me try and remember. I know that he steals a f he steals a house, but the house is getting renovated, and he just lets him blags his way into living in a mansion in Beverly Hills. That's the first one, isn't it? No, no. The first one's a hotel, right? So he's visiting his sister. He's visiting a woman in yeah. Beverly Hills. Is that it, right? So then that must be Beverly Hills Cop Two, where he takes the mansion, and then three's the one with the dot. Let's get the guy out of Robocops, bad out of Robocop, gets oh. murdered. I think that's Beverly Hills Cop 3. I know what I'm watching tonight. What one? Two? Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> right, so no, what you say, I one? don't remember anything about Beverly Hills Cop. What, has he got his Ferrari? No, no. He His pal gets killed. His pal gets murdered. Right. So then he goes to Beverly Hills. He's on, he's on leave. Aye. Right. Right. And then he lives in a hotel, and then as he's living in a hotel, he meets Judge Reinhold, and the really? guy. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> There's a fucking blooper in that, by the way. Is there? Aye, they kept it in. So no judge, see the guy, the bald guy that shouts Billy? Uh-huh. There's a bit when Eddie Murphy's riffing, I think he's improvising. Right. And the guy just does that, like, kidding on that he's stressed. Right. But you see him giggling. I googled right. it, mate. It's a blooper. He's copsed. Aye, he's trying to like cover it up. Um, is it Judge? Is it no Judd? Judd Reinhold? Is it? Is it Judge? Mate, I've been I calling him he, Judge I for a fucking year. I hope his name's Judge. <laughs> I mean, talk about school, difficult school days. Imagine you went to a Glasgow fucking Catholic school called Judge. I know. Um, let's. Have you ever seen? Um, the no, this is going to be super obscure, but it's up your street. Um, <clears throat> the animated series of Jane Silent Bob. I haven't. No, yet. right. I'm sure it will be somewhere. They made a um, they made an animated series based on Jane Silent Bob. You know Jane Silent Bob yes. from Kevin Smith. It's Judge. Is it? It's Judge Reinhold and John Ashton. By the way, look at look at Judge Reinhold looks like he's a fucking melted candle. I know, mate. Is that a stroke or something that he's had? 
No, I'm being serious. Like <laughs> I know, but imagine, <laughs> imagine you never had a stroke. Imagine you heard that, somebody said that about you. Oh, Paul's heavy fucked, man. I think he's fucking drank bleach. You're like, no, I'm just 50. The Patreon's going to come up with a fiver for judging Or <laughs> 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 He's coming in to give me personal abuse on, on the Patreon. Look, um, quickly, but there's a new Beverly Hills coming out and they're going to be in it. Oh, amazing. What's the, what's the, um, the dude that was in Lethal Weapon? Mel Gibson? No, the, the bad guy and he... He was in a, a motorbike accident and he went like that. Like his face was drooping at oh, one side. Gary Busey? Gary Busey. Aye, so maybe he's been on like... like Gary Busey. An accident. But anyway, the the Jane Silent Bob animated series has got an episode that's got um, people playing Eddie Murphy's character in Beverly Hills Cop and Judge, judge Reinhold. And Judge Reinhold is playing a judge amazing and i i'll let you go and find that and you can watch it they also do like a pokemon episode that's fucking incredible it's I'll, just I'll so listen. strange and, and so weird i watched that that does sound good i i find it so comical that judge looks fucked the the guy that plays his partner looks like an old man mm -hmm. and then you look at eddie murphy and the cunt has not aged a day in 40 years or something Black don't crack, as they say. That's is that what I racist? was going to say, but I was going to, I was, I was worried that that might be a wee bit racist. I don't think that's racist. I think Eddie Murphy is a beautiful black man, and if you want to call me racist for saying that he's beautiful, then it's actually you that's racist. So Beverly Hills Cop Four <laughs> is going to have Kevin Bacon. Oh, so that's... Eddie Murphy, Axel Foley, Judd Rein Judge Reinhold as Billy Rosewood. Billy. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, aye, so that's quite like a weird one. Proper, like fucking Oscar-nominated actor. Um, John Aston's going to be in it as well. Superb. So they're getting the they're getting the band back together. Who's John Aston again? He plays um, Detective Taggart. John Taggart. Mm. Mate, that be movies, mate. I love them. They break I into a fucking house with chewing gum. Aye. <laughs> I want to go back to the cinema and watch that. <coughs> but I was looking through Letterbox last night, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how... If you've never used this app before, you can track your films and then it will come up films similar. And I went into The Untouchables with Sean Connery. What a movie that is. Amazing film. Every time I watch it, I cry, right? What but? See the wee guy that gets killed in the lift? Mm -hmm. wee, the wee guy with the glasses? Mm -hmm that bit uh but i was looking through the credits and some of the actors that were in it and you'll never guess who was in it never had a big part though how how famous are we talking we're talking about household famous right no go for it john barrowman what yes was in the untouchables so he was in the untouchables as a background extra that I can't remember what it was, but maybe Sean Connery like bumped into him in the street or something and he's in the, the credits. No way. So that's mental. Makes me want to pull my dick out as a joke and wave it. Did a helicopter? Because that's what he does. Who? John Barrowman. Is it? He get into trouble for that. Oh, did he? Pulling his cock out on set and all that type of shit. Right. He's a weird one, mate. He's got two accents or like fucking split personality syndrome or something. Yeah. Imagine that, he's just severely mentally ill. Everybody's like, no, he drops between American and Scottish. He's Welsh. He's mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jamaican. So I that was good. And also, like, as another I just want to talk about films for a wee minute. See, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name properly. I've wrote it down. Is it Elijah Wood? Uh-huh. So he's went a fucking funny journey. Like back in the day childhood star lord of the rings but see as an adult he's went down a different path man i never real sorry for bump burping i never realized he's a producer mm -hmm. and he's produced some fucking unbelievable films man just to clear up like he was an adult when he did lord of the rings like 
the the hobbits like they weren't they weren't children. <laughs> but he was like, and he's I'm sure he was like well in his twenties. Honestly, uh, they weren't the kids. Like Billy Boyd was like in his twenties when he did that. Oh mate, that is very embarrassing for me. <laughs> I'm looking at him like he's a child. Let's because he's a hobbit. Let me just um. Let, let me just make sure that I'm not the fucking idiot. And Cunt had a mortgage front and back door. Mate, did you see, do you remember, was it Elijah <laughs> Wood that um, pure owned some cunt on Twitter? Where they were like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah on Twitter, like, about his career, and he was just like, enjoy your mom's basement. Amazing. Because he's worth like $100 million or something like that. How do you spell his name? Uh, I'm sure, oh, aye, here we go. American actor, right, let's find out. Elijah Wood, born in 81, so, what, fucking... Six years older than me, 42. Aye, so, what, the first Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship, came out in, what, 2003? So, he was, like, 22-year-old. Fuck. Aye, wasn't he a kid? He was in Back to the Future Part 2. No way. What bit is he in that? I don't know. He's one of the two kids at the arcade machine. No way. See the bit where he goes into Cafe 80s? Aye. And it's like Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. And Marty's pure. Pew, pew, pew. I want to apologise to Elijah Wood for saying that he was a child in Lord of the Rings when in fact he was just playing a hobbit. <laughs> 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 but do you know think that like guys that... <clears throat> so I would imagine that once you take away the need for... To be in a huge movie, right? He, Academy Awards coming out their fucking ears for that movie, right? So he doesn't need to prove himself. Hunters of money. Um, revealed, like, and then they just go and do what they want. Yeah. And usually the guys go and do, like, passion projects. Like, it shows you the motivation for doing these huge Hollywood... I mean, obviously there are exceptions like Johnny Depp, but these people are fucked in the head. Aye. Like, they just keep on trying to, you know, do these massive movies. But guys like him, who get that young, a lot of the times they do just go into these sort of passion projects and don't feel the need to do these, like, massive productions and go into directing, like uh, Ron Howard. Like, he was a household name through Happy Days. Yeah. And then he just went into being a director and actually, like, didn't he do much acting after that? And being amazing. Mm-hmm. His brother's a great actor. Is he? I can't even remember his first name. He's like a B-movie horror actor. I know who you're talking Ken about. Ken Howard, I think. I maybe. know who you're talking about. Ken mm-hmm. Howard, is it? But I, Elijah Wood, he he was in the remake of a horror called Maniac, which was outstanding. But he's also produced, in my opinion, one of the greatest films ever made. And it's called Mandy by Nicolas Cage. He was a producer on that. Have you seen it? No. Have we spoke about this? No, I don't think so. People that are listening to the podcast need to watch this film. It's not like Basket Case. It is a work of art. And is it a horror? It's a horror. I'll tell you what it's about. Okay. Nicolas Cage and his wife live in the woods in America. And I think Nicolas Cage is a lumberjack, right? Then randomly, a mad cult kidnap his wife. Right. And sacrifice her. And Nicholas, that's the one. Right. Nicholas Cage goes on a mad revenge revenge mission against this cult. And it is like watching, it's the closest thing to either watching DMT or watching acid without taking a drug. Right. It's visually stunning. The soundtrack is done by a guy called Jonathan Johansson, mm-hmm. who, has, who is one of the best composers ever. Sadly, he died of a cocaine overdose by mistake. But if he didn't die, he would have been the next Hans Zimmer. There's a tune that he does on it. It's called Mandy's Love Theme. Mandy's Love Theme, I think. And it is, like, if I had a Fruno or something like that, I'd be playing that song at the Fruno. Fucking stunning. So watch that. And he's also did one, I mean, Mandy's just unbelievable, right? But he's he's produced one called Colour Out of Space, which is a Lovecraft kind of story. 
H.P. Lovecraft, an old horror writer back in the 30s. Right. And that is good, but it's not as good as Mandy. Mandy. It's I'm about Nicholas Cage is living in a Huswee's family and a, a, meteor, a meteor crashes in the garden and the, it infects their family. I'm going to watch that, mate. I've took a wee note of that. See Mandy? Smoke a joint and watch it, mate. Take some Mandy and watch Mandy. Mate, flat out. You and Sharon, right? Get stripped down completely naked. Get her to shave your entire body. All your heat, your beard off. Eyebrows off. Smoke a joint. Watch Mandy. And then next week in the podcast, I'll have a review. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sitting here like fucking Sid Barrett. Let's go. <laughs> but on a I, Fucking stunning, man. And you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, I've seen that actor. And cool wee retro cast that's just became this cult classic yeah, yeah, film and see the the ironic thing about it is Nicolas Cage is so over the top with acting he fucking dials it down a wee bit with us oh, does he and he, he's a great actor by the way I don't think any I, I mean I know there's a lot of hate out there for Nick Cage and I don't think there's any doubt that Nicolas Cage is a great actor um but he, he just sort of like I think as he's got older, he just sort of plays a parody of himself, doesn't he? Like, like Pacino. He's uh -huh. kind of became Pacino Aye. a wee bit. Funny. Like you're laughing at him and all that, and you're like, is uh -huh. that supposed to be funny? But the performance for me that proves we are like, he's still a good actor, is Kick-Ass 2. Yes. Where he basically adopts a sort of darker version of Adam West's Batman and nails it. Fucking yes. nails it. And what a movie. What a movie that is, man. Yeah. I've only ever watched that the once, did do you know what I think I'm going to go again. I'm going to go back to that as well he's done some great films the Bad Lieutenant remake is incredible uh, he's done one called Pig as well when he's a chef that has a mental breakdown and he mm -hmm. disappears and aye can I ask how long we've done mate I think you're going to need to go for your thingy appointment you know well, how long have we done an hour an hour uh, well, we wrap and because you need to get to your eye appointment, mate. I don't want to keep you in. I've got my eye. Two seconds. Let me. Let me check. Let me check. I've got my eye appointment at twenty-five past four, so we can do an extra ten minutes or something. Right. And we can wrap up and do stuff for the Patreon if you want. Um, I, we don't need to do anything for the Patreon because, because of the, we've got all the the, the ghost, ghost hunt stuff the today for next week. So I'm going to make sure that I get the. The grounding and us backstage at the stand ready for Patreon for next week. So that'll be the next few weeks. We could Plus. maybe even break it up. We could maybe like next week when we're doing the podcast, do something else for Patreon. I don't know if this is a funny idea, but I thought that we could do... No, you'd be like, what? Improv on mic, but Glasgow Uni students. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I don't know why I think that'd be funny. Mate, I've been slaughtering the cunts my entire life. Okay, cool. We'll do that next week then, right? Oh, we'll do that next week. We'll I want to give my friend a shout out though uh, mm -hmm. before we wrap this podcast up. His name's Chris Martin. He is a fantastic writer and director that's based in Glasgow and he's going to be writing a, a new film that's getting made. Right. So basically it's about Celtic when the Cel two Celtic fans went to Seville uh -huh. and it's getting made into a film. Is it? Bear with me guys because I'm reading off a screen here. It's an it's on the daily record if you want to Google it, but it's an uploaded an uplifting road movie and it will see its characters travel to Spain, replicating the eighty thousand fans that went over to to Seville. Um the production's going to be called Seville and it's going to begin shooting across Scotland and European countries next spring. The filmmakers say it's an up... Uh, filmmakers say it will be an uploading road movie which will capture the lead-up to the match uh, when the Parkhead side took on Porto. And... Uh, There'll be a character in it called James Tomo Thompson and his pals um, when they break their terminally ill mate out of hospital to take them to take them to Seville. Right. 
So it's a real life story. Is that a true story? True story. Wow. I don't know if I did that justice there. I was like stumbling my words and stuff. Does it sound good? No, yeah, sounds sounds fine. I mean, if you're right? a Celtic fan, you're going to want to fucking watch that, aren't you? Yes. So Chris is going to be a writer on that, but he's also a director. Right. And he's a good lad. So I just thought I'd give a friend a shout it's out It's just going to be called Seville. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds interesting, mate. I would be well up for watching that. Yeah. So it's uh, good on you, Chris. Uh, I know lockdown has been tough and people were struggling to get work. So to get a job like that um, is well earned, but fucking good on you. And uh, all the Coldplay stuff's great as well. Oh, you bastard fuck pig. You bastard <laughs> fuck pig. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry chris you bastard fuck pig right i think that's us mate uh we're up i need to go to spec savers to get new contact lenses just a fucking hero godlike hero doing normal fucking dafty things in yep. life you know what i mean yeah i want to thank everybody for listening this week please chuck us a review share whatsapp groups all that type of shit see you next week